Yo, the podcast is blazing right now. These coaches are really dropping some nuggets for all of you high school and college basketball players. Specifically, uh, this part of the, the podcast is talking about or speaking to high school basketball players that are looking to play at the next level. And uh, talking about uh, a player's character, uh, ACT scores, the talent, parent support, so on and so forth, because it's not just about how well you play basketball uh, if you want to be a college scholarship kid. You, you earning that scholarship, there are a lot of different moving parts to that. Uh, so it's just not about what you do on the court. Uh, it's not just about what you do in the classroom. There's a whole formula to this thing, and these coaches are really dropping some nuggets for all of you players that are looking to play at the next level. Um, so go ahead, coach. You want to add to it, Corey? And I would just add on to what Dana said. The beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Tony Bennett does not recruit the same kids Duke is recruiting. North Carolina's recruiting. Mm. If you line them up over the last seven, eight years, Virginia is the class of the ACC. Mm. No questions asked. In fact, Duke hasn't won the ACC in a very long time, actually, by their standards. And you got to find the right kids to fit your program at the right time. And as a high school player, I'm looking for my opportunities. I'm looking for, you know, um, who I'm playing for, the program, my fit. Yeah. Where does that go? Yeah. Does the school really want me? You know, not just because people are telling me I should be at this level, but do they really want me? And, and, you know, I think that has been one of those lost things amongst all this recruiting frenzy, AAU frenzy, scouting services frenzy we lose that that idea of are you the right fit for that program for that coach for that school for the next four years and virginia somehow has perfected that and i i it, it has been really cool to see but that goes excellent. back to the system to the system excellent yeah so it's all coming back to the system and about buying in like you like, you can't go to Virginia not knowing what Ben is right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or like, either you want to play in that system or you don't. I think True. It's more of a system True. One other so, thing that I'd say that's an intangible to being a scholarship level kid, Division One, Division Two, is two, really two things. Your competitive desire. Ooh. You can't be a competitor and compete at that level. And then your, like, your work ethic. Like, if you ain't got a great work ethic to get better at your craft every day, you get recruited over. Yep. So, I, I, we do have two high school coaches that have some players that, that have gotten recruited and had uh, coaches in the gym. So, we do want to hear from uh, uh, Greg and we want to hear from Jason. And then, also, we have a player here that was extremely athletic, uh, Probably could have played uh, junior college and then went on to maybe play Division One. Who knows? But we also want to hear from you, Cordero. So we're going to go Greg, Jason, and then we're going to let Cordero close that out. Go ahead, Greg. So I actually wanted to draw Cordell in because um, I want to know what went through his mind. I've seen a lot of high school kids that chase. They're chasing dreams that are realistic. Great point. And... Um, I want to know what went through what went through Cordell's mind 
when he made the decision that he made, and I'm certain he's ecstatic over it. And the one thing that I didn't hear in the course of conversations, but if I, if I were at, and maybe it's a given, I don't know because I'm not a college coach, but I'm looking, I see kids that I've coached that want to go play somewhere in the, in the missing ingredient is fundamentals. Yep, skill, athleticism, length, all that stuff. And work ethic sets you apart from those guys. Uh, attitude sets you apart. And I think fundamentals set you apart. Interesting. Can I can I mention this before Cordero goes? Cordero, I want you to save yourself. I want you to close it out. Uh, I will say this. I remember bringing my junior college coach to Bradford High School to see Cordell Young play. And the coach said, listen, Brandon, you sent me this kid's tape. Without a doubt, I know this kid can play somewhere mid-major Division I basketball. He's an extremely athletic point guard. Give us one year, maybe two years at the JUCO level. Obviously, we're top 25 every year. This kid will be playing somewhere mid-major Division I basketball. Uh, he, he's going to be phenomenal. Maybe in the Horizon League. Maybe in uh, Missouri Valley, Ohio Valley. This kid has a bright future. Uh, so think about that. And then, yeah, we want want you to touch on why you chose the Division Three route, why you chose UW-Whitewater. But, Jason, go ahead. Actually, two St. Norbert's and the Lawrence. Um, I just wanted to speak a little bit about when they call the high school coaches. My experience, and we haven't. I, I personally haven't dealt with Division Two coaches a lot until the last month. Um, probably a dozen or so Division Twos about one of our current players, but it, it's almost like they know about the player, his skills, and, and they've seen whether it's in person, in the tapes, or just hearsay. They ask me about work ethic how he practices, they want to know about his parents, are the parents going to be a problem? Um, and so I just find it interesting that when they contact the high school coach, uh, it's very little about, you know, what do I see about his ability? Um, mm. So I think they kind of leave kids out based on work ethic, coachability, and what family life is like. Um, so I think it's important that the kids here, you know, how you conduct yourself, your social media, all the things like that. I mean, look, there's a there's a 5'11 shooter in every city in America. There's a 6'5 athletic, two or three in every city. Every so city. Separate yourself. And uh, let's not forget about the dinner we had at BW3s a couple years ago. I'm disappointed that JC didn't sign with uh, UWGB. I believe he said GB was the best UW school there is. Oh, by, by far. Not only is it the best UW school in Wisconsin, Corey, but it's also the best college in America. And I stand by that. That is an accredited university. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very... That too. So, Q Young, can you close us out with this? Uh, we're talking about what it takes to be a scholarship player, but we also want to know 
Why did you choose the route you went? And just for our listeners, I want I want everybody to know that this young man was a player of the year. I mean, that doesn't just I don't care what level it is, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, whatever. If you're the player of the year, that means you're the best player. You you consider to go. And people don't you just don't get that when you just walk into a gym that is earned over amount of time. So what made you choose the division three route? What made you choose your UW Whitewater? And for sure, you were a scholarship player, JUCO, division one, so on and so forth. IQ, all those intangibles, um, you know, academics, obviously, you know, you got to meet a certain requirement in order to even consider a scholarship player. Um, it, it just takes a lot, you know, it's it's work ethic, you know, a lot of things that are, you know, just not necessarily on the court, you know, it could be work ethic in the classroom, work ethic, you know, in the weight room, you know, so, so many variables that take place in this, but, um, more so, my decision was based off of kind of my personality. You know, it, I I kind of weighed out the factors in me going to junior college and what that experience could be like, and then I weighed out the factors of me playing at the you know Division three level. So for junior college, it was like, okay, I know how junior college is. I've seen experiences with people I know, and anyone who's attended a junior college and participated at that level it's more so doggy dog you know everyone wants to you got to be a dog yeah everyone wants to get to that next level and it's you know if you're not putting up the statistics you're probably not going to get looked at for the next level okay cordell you said doggy dog so what type of dog do you have to be in order not just to, to survive at the 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 juco level but to like be highly successful and go on. If you had to choose any dog, you have to be the dog of all dogs. I mean, talking vicious pit bull or rottweiler. Ooh, pit bull or rottweiler to be okay. You can't be a poodle in, in junior college. <laughs> <laughs> you have to stand up for yourself. You got to take what's yours. This is, nothing's going to be given to you. So it's it's a really tight opportunity, and it was like I placed myself in that environment mentally mm. and i was just like do i want to be that person that player that is all about themselves and worried about their own statistics or would i rather go somewhere and be a part of a culture a team that's going to win you know, i've always been you know i've always had the winner mentality and i've never been the individual person i've never cared about stats and all that i just wanted to win and at that you know, once I made my mind up and had that in the back of my mind, it was it was an easy decision for me. And you know, D three, you know, people overlook it a lot, but it's it's very competitive depending on you know particular conferences that you go to. There's a lot of competition. A lot of guys transfer down from D one to D three, D two, D three. True. And a lot of guys. It was just comfort. You know, the coach. There were assistant coaches, head coaches at my games. You know, Coach James can attest to that. You know, there were plenty of times where coaches came and watched the games and talked to me after. And, 
Whitewater was there probably more than anyone else, and I just with a pretty strong relationship with those coaches. I was a high school coach. I was in the stands too, just in case you you yeah. didn't see me. I mean, okay. it, 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 you were, uh, <laughs> at that time. So, I mean, if anyone coach James knows better than anyone, because he, you know, he was in the locker room. And, you know, he he's in, in contact with those coaches as well. So, I, I want to give a huge shout out to him because you know he got me connected with a lot of those teams. And, and all that so I mean it was just comfort you know I got comfortable with the coaches and you know they didn't sugarcoat anything they told me you know you have an opportunity to play at this next level potentially start Ooh. And, you know I, I kind of felt like you know starting wasn't everything I just wanted to have a, an opportunity to play interesting so I would I would earn the rest and you know the, my work ethic took care of everything else so interesting thank you Salute. Salute. So, uh, for me, there's so many things that go into it. I, I guess if I can wrap everything that you guys said into one, to be a scholarship player, obviously your height plays a factor. If you're a shorter guard, you have to be pretty damn special. You got to be, I'm going to say it again, you have to be Pretty damn special to be a scholarship kid coming out of high school, number one. And, and yeah, that's the D, D1 level. And and I like what Coach Corey said. He doesn't want to get caught up with levels because any player, Division One player is playing at the D3 level nowadays. And um, not only do you have to be special if you're smaller, okay, uh, you have to be able to play defense. And what college coaches really look for in a in a high school basketball player is are you communicating when you're playing defense? There was a college basketball player, Division One, Indiana State, one of my best friends, college teammates, my roommate. He snored a lot. I, I hate to throw that out there about you. But he came to a high school basketball game where Hoops was in the building. They sat next to each other. And he specifically said that he's only watching how you play defense. Because at the next level, you have to be communicating from the time you come out onto the court when you're warming up until the time the buzzer ends. You got to be Talking, talking, talking. I was very fortunate to be around some great point guards. I remember with uh, being in Houston, Texas, with D, D, uh, Coach Coleman, which uh, with Nick Van Exel, with Sam Cassell, and, and Sam Cassell gave us a great lesson. He said, "Listen, I talk so much because it made me a living. I talk so much on the basketball court because it made me a living, and." That speaks to a lot when you're talking about point guards specifically. You have to communicate. And that's what college basketball coaches are looking for. All players, you got to communicate when it comes down to whether you're on offense or defense. And then uh, I guess I would say lastly, uh, your parent support is huge. Nowadays, college coaches are taking away scholarships. They're taking away scholarships, not even offering a kid a scholarship 
specifically because of your parents and how they behave in the stands. If college coaches see, and there's college coaches who's actually tweeting this out. If they see your parents cheering for you only and not the rest of the team, that's not somebody they want to spend if you're going to Carthage $50,000 a year on. That's not somebody that they want to spend $40,000 a year on. They're not even trying to recruit those types of players. Uh, so when you talk about scholarship players, there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just grades. It's not just about your talent and how you play. It's not about your communication, just your parents. There's like a whole formula that goes into being a scholar, scholarship basketball player. And then on top of that, when it when it comes to parents, Coach Jason just brought up a great uh great uh thing. If you're paying more attention to your parents in the stands, those ones that coach from the sideline or your travel basketball teams that's coaching from the sideline, if you're paying more attention to them than you are your coach, that's probably not a player that will be getting a scholarship because there's no room for that in college basketball. I can remember one college coach telling one of our players, he said, listen, I know Coach Morris. I live with him. I play with him for for during college basketball. And the fact that I don't see you diving for a loose ball, taking a charge, talking and communicating, having excitement and leading from the defensive end first. The fact that I don't see any of that in you says that you're uncoachable. Stop you on that. Yeah. Go back to the beginning when that coach said that to that young man. What he actually said that turned him off in the beginning of that game. Right away when he said, "Hey, I was on my way out the door. The minute I saw the ball go up, you played defense. You came from this point to that point, and you didn't be what." Okay, so I'll 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 speak. Go back to that right there, and then you can add on whatever you have. Okay. Hitting on great points right I, now. Everybody's hitting on a great point. I was waiting for you to actually say that or GL to say what you got to talking about right now. Thank but you. But you have to go back to that point where he brought it up. Hey, coach, let me talk to all you guys. He he brought us all together, talked to us all, and said what he said. And I mean, that's your man's. So he hit it on the nose. All right, so I'll speak to that. So this Division One basketball coach said, if he said Coach Morris, I'm sorry. He said, yo, B-Love, can I keep it real with all of your coaches and your players? He said, if my boss, the head coach, if he was here tonight, number one, he might have, we might have left during the warm-ups when we saw this kid had the headphones or the earbuds in during warm-ups. And then the next thing he said is when it was the very first play of the game, when I saw that you didn't close out on the shooter, when I saw that you didn't close out on the shooter, the very first play of the game, that's when my head coach, my boss, would have said, let's go. I've seen enough. Go walk up. Yeah. Just because he didn't close out, that will take a scholarship away from a player. Um, uh Coach Leach, we'll let you chime in, and then we're going to move on to the last and final question. So, you know, the good ones that are out recruiting, they're looking for all those little, all those little things. 
uh, closing out, uh, defensive fundamentals, being a leader, um, raising the level of play when things go bad for your, for your group. I mean, there's so many, whether the parents are an issue or not, whether you have the work ethic, all those things. The good ones are looking at the talent that has talent and those others. And those others are the kids that are going to get scholarships. Uh, that's simply my opinion. And I see a lot of talented kids. But when you have somebody that does all those little things, then you know you have somebody special. And I think Q was one of those special players. Yes, sir. Uh, cool. So moving on to one of the last questions of this segment. Um, you guys have gave some great nuggets as always. Shout out to Racine that's checking in. Uh, Mario Charles. Shout out to Charles. Live. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, shout out to, uh, Charles Minor checking in. Um, Big Chuck. Yes, sir. Now, this is uh, could be very controversial. Do you guys feel? Do you guys feel that um, when it comes to a high school basketball coach's job description, do you feel that it's the high school basketball coach's job to get their players? college basketball scholarships and here's why i asked that question in the basketball community there's a lot of folks there's a lot of parents uh players basketball fans family members and so on that feel like high school basketball coaches should be getting their players college basketball scholarships on top of that there are a lot of travel basketball team coaches who talk to players and say, hey, your high school coach is not getting you any college basketball scholarships. Your high school coach is not bringing any college coaches in the gym. So let me know, how do you guys feel about that? Do you guys think that's a high school basketball coach's Job. Uh, I'm going to go with the college coach first, and then I'm going to come to you, uh, John. Coach Corey, go ahead. My question is, does the teacher, are they responsible for the A for the student? Uh-oh. Say it again. Say it again. Is the teacher responsible for the A for the student? Is the teacher responsible for the A for the student? Interesting. Interesting. When you talk about people being responsible for their scholarship, it's the kid. You have to put the time in. You have to do all the work. Nobody gives you anything. You have to earn it. And, and that's life. So, no, the high school coach is not responsible for scholarships. The high school coach is responsible to bring their program, do what's right for their kids, teach them, make them young men. And, yes, provide exposure, but exposure comes with winning. When you win as a program, people see what you do, they understand what you do. Um, 
as a player, if I'm going to be a D1 player, I'm going to put the time in, I'm going to have the ability, I'm going to have the talent. And, yeah, high school coaches will reach out. They're going to try to talk to college coaches and get recommendations, all those great things. But at the end of the day, you are responsible for the opportunities you create as a player. And as a coach, we do everything we can to help you. But at the first forefront is we have to win as a program. We have to do what's right as a program. And we have to treat everybody to, to create great Excellent. Thank you for that. Love it. Uh, Johnny, go ahead. Uh, as a freshman coach, you know, I coach baseball and basketball at the lower level coach. Our biggest goal is to keep kids in the game. You know, as a freshman basketball coach, I want to see my kids play all four years. And, you know, when they graduate as seniors playing four years in the program, that's a big, big reward for me. You know, if I can be a positive impact for them to play all four years, that's great. And, you know, I had a teammate when I was a sophomore that was probably, I'm not afraid to say his name because he knows, but, you know, he was probably the 16th guy on a 14-man team. What was his name? Denzel Smith. Ended up playing professionally. Wait, he was the 16th man on the bench? Denzel Smith was a teammate player. He played in uh, Brazil, South America. He played in South America. But, you know, Denzel Smith was a teammate of mine, JV at Bradford. Didn't play much, but then, you know, went to Ruther. And then made a name for himself. He ended up playing professionally. But, you know what? Uh, my goal as a freshman coach is to keep kids in the game. I'm look- that's all I'll say. I'll finish with that. John, you, I, I, I'm assuming you have video because I'm seeing some heads shaking no. I see heads shaking. I see heads shaking, but if you keep a kid in the game, they get their growth spurt, they get their talent they, at different times. Everybody develops at a different time. Hey, we not we we. I I don't think these guys that are that are shaking their heads, they're not dispute. They're not disputing that. I'm just saying, like, uh, go ahead, DC. Okay. Um. So. Uh, let, let's speak to more of the high school basketball coach's job or job description. Is it their job to get these the their their players college basketball scholarships? Go ahead, Coach Leach. I think the game has changed. Um, you want to go back to the eighties, mid eighties, uh, when I first started. Before a before the proliferation of AAU, you were responsible for that. Uh, I could tell you um, a Nick Van Exel story. Uh, the head coach at St. Joe's made a call one day to Tarkanian and said, "I got a kid here who's a UNLV type of player because he had that pull." Uh, Tarkanian called St. Joe's the next day. Obviously, he didn't go there, but you know, at that time, you didn't have summer basketball like you have it today. Um, and he was able to do those type of things. Um, today, with AAU basketball, summer ball, um, and I think somebody, I can't remember who said it, but that's where you're going to get your college looks. Um, and Coach Jason mentioned that when he gets a call, he doesn't get 
calls about specific talents and what somebody's able to do at the next level, he gets the all other. Yep. And I got that I got that call last week about somebody and the question the only question that I was asked is tell me about his work ethic. That was it. Nobody's asking me about what he does basketball wise or what he's capable of on the floor. And I think um, the more prevalent AAU basketball is, the more that that responsibility is falling on coach, uh, coaches like Dennis who have that program and have constant communication throughout the summer months with these coaches because that's their best opportunity to see them. Interesting. The last thing that I'll say is it's my job when I get a phone call to represent my kids well and in season to give them the the skills to, to give them the fundamentals and the proper mindset so that they can succeed at the next level. And if I can help with um, if I have some connection and if I can do that and help help the student athlete, then by all means I should. So, uh, Coach James, let's hear from you. Yeah, so like I said, my, my philosophy on this has changed since I first became a head coach until now. I'm ever growing. And so the coach that's me now, you know, 100%, like my role is to help any kid who wants to play at the next level, whether it's a scholarship level or a non-scholarship level, find a school. And that, that that's part of what I do. Mm. That, that's a piece of the puzzle for me and my philosophy. And so what that entails for me, that means I'm making highlights for my guys and I'm sending them and I'm funding them to those levels. It's D1, D2, D3. Like, it's got to be the appropriate level. I'm not going to send a D1 coach a highlight of a kid that's a D3 kid. Like, I'm not into wasting people's time. But if that kid who has the desire to play at the next level, that's my job. That's my, that's that, but to me, that's my personal opinion. That's my philosophy to help that kid play at the next level, and I'm going to do whatever it takes. Excellent. Excellent. And you and you're saying that, Coach, Coach James, but you also coached at the Division One level. You also coached at the Division Two level. So you know what's expected. You're you're not saying that that's a part of the high school basketball coach's job description. You're saying that you're doing that because of you. That's my that's a piece of my mission. But I think it's a piece in helping kids be able to play at the next level. Like okay. Hands on deck type approach. Yep. And the high school coach is a piece of that. We have to be able to promote our players, um, because nowadays that is a piece of the buy-in. You know that that really is that's a piece of the buy-in. Uh, but you have to be honest with your kids. You have to be honest with your kids and telling them like. If D1s ain't recruiting you, more likely you're probably not a D1 kid. Say it again, coach. You know what I mean? But if you got a ton of D2s recruiting you, that might be your level. If you got all D3s recruiting you, that might be your level. Being honest is the best friend. Excellent. Can any other coaches speak to that when you're talking about honesty with your players? Uh, Because I think uh, there's a perception out there that Every 
uh, player should be playing Division One when really that's not what a lot of high school coaches, travel team coaches, uh, agent scouts, that's not what they're telling their players. But players are specifically stuck on, uh, you know, one level. Does anybody want to speak to that? Go ahead and jump in. So, yep. Um, me having experience in the, in the behavioral field, okay? I work with young men on a daily. Um, I think that taking high school roles is all about seeing the future for you, for whoever you put on your team. You know what I'm saying? So, like, whether it's seeing potential in this kid playing college basketball or seeing potential in this kid being a doctor, you know what I'm saying? But also playing that same role and, and building that connection with him where no matter what level you want to go on, I'm going to help you out. You understand what I'm saying? So yes, sir. I, I think that I'm not saying that college coaches need to play the role as far as having their players get scholarships. I think they should also have the knowledge and understanding what level that kid can play on. Interesting. If they do got the dollars, and if they can't help, find that source for them. So that we ain't got these kids sitting around like, but shit, I don't know what the, I don't know what the hell to do. My coaches don't know what's going on. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, just, just having that, just having that connection or having that feel or having that, that understanding or relationship or, or, or uh, experience to, to help these kids out because and we all I know the streets ain't the streets ain't the way it's open. You know what I'm saying? And then like one more the majority a lot of these kids, even though they don't really they're not even good at the sports or whatever they wanna do, there's certain things that keep stuff off their mind and that's athletics. Yes, sir. So like even if you can find like a for instance, Holy Cross, that's all all the way out in fucking Manitowoc, uh, that got J V teams and stuff. Put them on the J V team. You understand what I'm saying? Or or like Coach Leach, the manager you got. You know what I'm saying? He wants to be a manager. Coach J- or, uh, James White. I don't know his name, but the, the kid that's, that's going, that's like working hard for forever, the, the, the manager kid. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like he wants to be a manager. Why not help him get on, a, on some type of college level to be a manager? You know what I'm saying? Like just seeing personalities and understanding what, what helps the kids Get away from that environment at home where shit, I gotta sell drugs when I can just go on campus and be a manager and get a college degree. You yes, know sir. What I'm so like I think I think I think high school coaches all talk to their huge roles when it comes to futures. That's my opinion. Yep. I can't speak for y'all because I don't coach high school. I coach I started my career with coach speech but yep. you know what I'm saying like right now. That's just my opinion. I don't know. You can disagree with me or agree with me, but yep. This is my, this is my Anybody else? Any other coaches want to chime in on that before I kind of close it out? Oh, oh, oh! We got a, we got a, we got a, quite a few. I love it. Uh, Cordero Young, go ahead. You no, know, I just want to throw something in that uh, you know, one high school coaches. I mean, they're they're required to do so much. You know, you can you know, help your players, but then again, those players need to have the expectations of the level that they can play at. There's so many kids that I know that are maybe a, you know, 
D3, D2 level, like, hey, I have to go D1. You don't have to go D1. If you're good, Hold on. Q Young, can you say that again? We didn't hear it. Like, the people in the back didn't hear it. <laughs> There's so many kids out there that have the, the mindset of, I have to go D1. People like us. Time out. Is it the kids or is it the parents that says, my kid got to go D1? Both. Yeah. I it starts with, I can't tell you everything different, but each parent's different, but it starts with that mentality. Like, I have to go D1. It's D1 or nothing. Like, you can make it from any level if you're good. If you're good, someone's going to see you and you're going to have the opportunity to play. It's not D1 or bus. You know, it's not D2 or bus. Like, you can make it literally any level, but you're just going to have a different a different trail, a different path, you know? Every every story is is worth it. You know, everybody's opportunity and story is different. Like, you know, for example, Brandon, you played some junior college, you played D1 at Green Bay, you know? I played D3. You know, we both had opportunities to play the pro level. So who says that that next kid's story couldn't be any different than ours? You know, and that's all I wanted to try and chime in on and say. That's, that's real. That's yeah, I... I- I never got a, I never got the opportunity to play uh I mean to be like the national player of the year. I mean I I would have went to the Whitewater if I knew that that was in the forefront. You know what I'm saying? But you're exactly right. That's why we want Cordell Youngs of the world to be a part of this podcast. So we appreciate that. Hold on, coach. Say that again. I said they gotta be the coaches that experience and to throw the experience out to the youth. Because if you think about it, fam, like the internet is, is is killing the kids right now. Like you got players that are, that that coaches don't even know about, fam. Like you got players that coaches don't know about, but they want to throw a message and what they doing as far as college or prep school. Like coaches know about them. True. Whether it's all about who following them. You know what I'm saying? Who been watching them play through high school? Like, dude, you don't have to do all that. Don't nobody know about you, fam. Mm. You know what you gotta do first, like you said. Mm. If you know what you gotta do, they gonna find you. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Great so, point. That's the type of stuff I don't understand, bro. Like, so I got I got to point out for those people that are gonna listen to this podcast. You guys can't see all of these coaches. These coaches have coached and played at many different levels. They have their hands raised because they want to chime in. And that's how good the conversation is. We're here located on the Central Standard Time, and it's going on midnight, and these guys ain't even thinking about going to bed. Shout out to quarantine. Uh, uh, Coach Atanasoff, we're going to go to you. Coach Leach, we're going to go to you. And then Coach Atkins, we're going to close with you. Yeah, so, you know, what John said... Holds true sometimes. Kids hit a growth spurt or whatever, but I think of second or third grade. Brandon Morris's poster up at the CYC before it was murdered. <laughs> like, don't listen to him. Times a night, you just kind of know early on. Um, but to get back to your question, um, other than reaching out to Coach Rebel and Coach Bosco a few times because I know them personally about a couple players, um, I. I don't necessarily go out of my way all the time to get all of our kids recruited. Um, 
again, there's been a lot of talk about hype, and all our kids have huddle and can make their own highlight tapes, but if I'm contacted, that's when I'm willing to kind of, you know, do whatever it takes to take away from family time, send game film. Um, I just talked to the assistant from Oshkosh today for 45 minutes about two of our kids. Wow. Uh, I do think we're obligated to, if we're contacted, we, we need to go above and beyond to, to get these kids to go and play. And I, I tell them very early on all the time, look, about 3% go on to play college basketball. Wait, how many, how, how many, what's the percentage? Just above 3% go on to play college basketball, 3% of high school players at any level. Interesting. And just over 1% at the Division One level. So, Interesting. Again, to your point, Brandon, it's good to have dreams, but, you know, we're, do you want to play college basketball or not? You know, are you in the top 3%? Are you in the top 1%? Um, but, but long answer short... Um, if I'm contacted, that's when I'm, you know, no matter what I'm doing, kind of drop everything and, and be willing to talk about our kids to college coaches. Excellent. Uh, Coach Leach, we're going to come to you. Yeah, so I agree with uh, everything that Coach Corey and Coach Jason said. The one thing that, I don't know if this will lead into next week or not, but the one thing that I want, would like to talk about when, when we're talking about kids playing at the next level and giving kids opportunities, are we really doing the right thing for these kids? Are, are, we, are we sending them off to schools that won't be good fits for them? Mm. Whether culturally, academically, or the city-wise, is it not a good fit and that this kid in six months will turn around and come right back home? There are kids that are, that are chasing a dream that is elusive and they'll never get it. And I feel at times we are we are putting these kids in, into positions where we're only going to create disappointment and sadness because they're not able to reach this dream that they're not going to get to. Mm. They're going to turn around and come back home and they're going to be looking for an answer. And that's when the, that's when the finger pointing starts. And we really set somebody up for something that for a success that we think, but truly, not not attainable. Interesting. Mm, Interesting. I, I I think that all comes down to the motivation of the kid. I like if you think about it. I went from Kenosha all the way to Arizona to a junior college. You know what I'm saying? Like. I knew that at the end of the day, that was that was the best thing for me. Like I was in good, I was in a good situation. I think that me personally, like even coaching and running the AAU stuff and the, and the scouts and stuff. The travel like, basketball I'm, stuff. I'm like, dude, let me tell you something. I'm not gonna throw you in no situation where I think you're gonna want to come home. You know what I'm saying? And like most coaches that be like, well, we see potential in him. We want to help him out. Is he going? Is he available for the help? Shit, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But let's put him in a situation to see. If he come home, they miss. They, they just miss home. Oh, yeah. They just miss the house. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that if they see a future, if they see a future in graduating college, playing college basketball, whatever it is, they gonna stay where they at. Yeah. Man, you gotta think about it though, like. Junior college to to kind of college side. I went to I went to school in Arizona. We had kids from Cleveland, Ohio, Oakland, California, 
fucked me in France, um, Ghana, Africa. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's up to you. I think it's more of a motivation thing. If you ask me, that's my personal opinion. I think that, I think that me? coming out of the high school part, you know where you want to be at as far as your college basketball career. For sure. Johnny, go ahead. And uh, what I have to say might not have to do with anything that was talked about in the last five or ten minutes, but uh, uh, Coach Coleman brought up Bradford's manager. And uh, I just want to give a big shout-out to James White. That kid has the most heart out of anybody there is, and he's a part of the uh, 2020 graduating class that's going through an unprecedented time. And, uh, you know, I just want to give a shout-out to him. That kid is one of the most – fun people to be around and uh huge kudos to coach leach for uh letting him play in the last regular season game at lake geneva badger and the kid hit two threes uh, <laughs> two consecutive possessions and it was uh that stuff that espn presents and you know that kid deserves all the credit that we can give him so shout out to james white so i just want to close this out and this was this has been very controversial uh throughout the years uh, uh, being on the, the Milwaukee Coaches Association and that platform, for me, and this is just for me, um, I strongly believe that it's not the high school basketball coach's responsibility, nor is it in their job description, to get their high school players college basketball scholarships. Here's why I believe that. Ultimately, I I feel like it should be left up to to the parents. And I feel that way because if they all all the players that don't play sports, who's responsible for making sure that they go to college to be their influence? to making sure that they file their FAFSA and to make sure that they get their college applications done, so on and so forth. That's why I strongly believe that it's ultimately left up to the parents and the parents pushing it. On top of that, if the parents are pushing it and the parents are responsible for your your kids getting that college scholarship, Whatever the high school basketball coach does is a plus. But it's not their responsibility. Because let's just take for instance, my son is a freshman in high school. He wants to be a college basketball player. So if I push harder for him to get a scholarship, most people will kind of fault me and say that I'm in the wrong for pushing for my son to get a college scholarship versus other players. When ultimately, that should be left up to the parents. Bottom line, the, each individual parent is responsible for your kid. Whether you know all about college scholarships or if you're if you don't you're responsible for your child you shouldn't leave that responsibility in the hands of a high school basketball coach 
And here's why I say that. What if that high school basketball coach doesn't have any connections to college basketball? You're going to put your child's future in the hands of a high school basketball coach that doesn't have any college connections? That doesn't make sense to me. At the end of the day, parents, we are responsible for our kids getting a college basketball scholarship. So that means making sure every game is videotaped. That means making sure that I send this, those tapes, whether they're highlights or full game tapes, out to college coaches. I am responsible for my child. Nobody knows what's best for my child except for me. And whatever the high school basketball coaches do when it comes to college scholarships, that's just a plus. That's just a plus. For me as a parent, I'm not going to put my child's future in the hands of a high school basketball coach who may not have my kids' best interests at heart. And I'm not saying that any high school basketball coach doesn't want the best for their players when it's talking about their future. However, I know it's best for my child. I have their best interest at heart. And that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. But at the end of the day, that shit is all the way real. Because if my kid didn't play a sport, I still be would be responsible for my kid going to college to get a degree. Bottom line. Uh, Cordell, we're going to let you close out. We're not going to have any, any, any other commentary after this one. Because we want to close on one more question. I just wanted to tap in and uh, say something like, statistically, how many kids on a high school program are really looking to compete at the collegiate level? Ooh. Uh, I just want to put in perspective my senior class with Coach David James I believe that myself and David Scott were the only ones to continue playing collegiate basketball. And that's two out of, what, 16, 17 guys? Exactly. So why would a high school coach really waste that much time on people who might not even be that serious in competing at the next level? They might not even have to. Great point. I wanted to help him change his life. Great point. Great point. 